All right, so here's the deal, guys. All right, so we switched it up a little bit. I don't want to ruffle the feathers. I do go into this a little bit in the podcast, but what we're doing is trying something new. A little bit of a project. I partnered up with my buddy Tanya, and we're trying to put a different type of podcast together. We all know that we can't cruise right now, okay? So I'm kind of sick of all the, are we going, are we staying, is it volunteering, are we wearing masks, are we not wearing masks? What I'm trying to do is create some levity and create some mindlessness and have some fun along the way. So uh, as usual, it's an acquired taste and it will be an acquired taste. Always be booked. The Cruise Podcast will absolutely be back. But I'm kind of maybe saying, why don't you give it a try? You know what I mean? We're doing a podcast. We're going to call it the Staycation Podcast. It is under construction, the whole thing, the logo, all of it. So why don't you uh, give it a little bit of a try See if you like it. I do like the fact that we have somebody in studio. We can have a back and forth dynamic. And uh, all I can say is, you know, to those of you who want to kind of, I guess, take a chance, experience something new, maybe give it a couple of listens. We are listening to you guys working on the show. We are definitely going to make some changes as we hear feedback from you guys. But then also, of course, when cruising returns, we are going to get back into that cruising mix as well. But again, see if we we can't acquire a taste for the Staycation Podcast with Tommy and Tanya. Let's start the show. You're listening to the Staycation Podcast with your host, Tommy Casabona and Tanya Puig. It's a staycation conversation. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever historic, first of many episodes of the Staycation Podcast. We know we are staying home, but we're going to add a lot of, what would you call it, accoutrements to the podcast. But first and foremost, what I want to do in this celebration of something new is is welcome my co-host tanya tanya welcome to the show hi tommy thanks for having me oh it's so nice to have you here when me and tanya get together a lot of times i think it's just like uh it just kind of ha- we can we can chat when we get in a room together no we can chat and we kind of just go off on tangent after tangent after tangent and kind of forget about the first story that we started on see tanya is not a regular listener of the always be booked cruise podcast but she's already <laughs> off to a good start because she used that t word right there tangent and uh yeah let's just say i've been known I've been known. So let's start off by saying this. <laughs> All you always be booked people out there who like to listen to just the cruise stuff, the cruise news, the cruise banter, the cruise celebration. Here's how it's going to go down. After a long and hard consideration, uh, we are going to pause that. Why? Because the freaking industry is on pause. Okay. How's that for a reason? You got your people out there. You got your Lalita Loca. You got your cruise radio. You have your Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. You have all these people out there that do a great job bringing you these new these new stories and keeping you up to the minute. Guys, I don't have time for it. I can't do it. I can't keep track of who's doing test sailings. Uh, what you know, I, I do keep track of it. Let's just say that. But at the same time, I can't have that. Like just closing pressure on me to bring it to you. You guys have never come to me for that. 
So here's what's going to happen, all right? We're going to keep this same feed, and I was thinking of different ways to do it. Should I start a new podcast feed for this podcast? Well, you know, then you don't get the benefit of, let's call it what it is, getting a jump start with the audience that I already do have. But I also thought about maybe putting it on here and then maybe starting an always be booked new feed when it comes out. But no, because then a lot of people aren't going to know the always be booked people. So here's how it's going to go down. If you want nothing but cruise stuff, okay, this is this is what's going to happen. You are going to see the always be booked cruise podcast come up on this same feed. Okay. It'll be labeled as such. Now I did the research. Tanya, you still here? I'm still here. <laughs> I did the research. And what I saw was that you have Joe Rogan out there. And he does a podcast, and it uh, does happen to be probably the most popular podcast in the world, if not very close to it. He rotates that with a show called The Fight Companion. I don't know. Are you familiar with that? Um, I am, but I'm not. Right. So you've heard of him. You heard that he does it. So if you see The Fight Companion come up, that is for his hardcore, uh, I would say, MMA fan base, right? So if you're not interested in that, you want to hear the neuroscience and you want to the aliens and the apes and you know every other thing <laughs> that Joe Rogan talks about, you just listen to the Joe Rogan experience number X. But on that same feed, you'll see the Fight Companion. Not unlike, if I'm not mistaken, Tanya. Yes? Ta- uh, Tom Segura, Your Mom's House. Yes. I think they do the same thing. They do. So there's the Your Mom's House that he does with Christina P. And then he has Two Bears, One Cave with Burt Kreischer. And he also has uh, the Honeydew and the Dr. Drew. Well, no. Those two are hosted by Christina, but it is part of their network. But he also does Tom Segura in Espanol. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So he does. So, so, so there's there's opportunities and there's avenues to you. Basically, listen, listen, guys. If you are not interested in the Tommy and Tanya after hours podcast, no, that was that's not it's not what we are. <laughs> it's, not it. it's not what we are, right? No, it's the staycation. Listen, everybody, be quiet for a second. I want to I want to tell this to you guys. I'm a seasoned podcaster. What you want to do? Know the name of your podcast. Okay? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Sp- I can't feed you this information anymore. Know the name of your podcast. The name of our podcast is what, Tanya? Staycation. That's right, and it is a little bit of a play on words because we are a travel podcast, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But we're going to talk about things that are, you know. While we can't go on a vacation or a cruise or whatever we like to do, we got to stay home and we got to draw on the memories that we've had when we've gone on vacations and we have to have the banter, the conversations that we like to have when we're, you know what, like me and Tanya were throwing ideas back and forth. We were thinking disco fries. Why disco fries? Because some of the best conversations we will ever have in our life is after a long shift uh, of excessive work drinking and um, just going to a diner. And just shooting the shit. You know what I mean? Over disco fries and gravy. Yeah, that's one thing. We didn't even think twice, right? <laughs> we were gonna. We wanted the menu. We wanted to see what we were going to order. But it wouldn't even be a conversation first before we sit down. You know, the guys knew us there. Gemini Diner, shout out Gemini Diner, 32nd and 2nd. Uh, and uh, the guy just knew. Sprite and an order of disco fries and... Gravy. Gravy, right? Although I did upgrade that. So I tried to, I always try to get cute with everything with the verbiage. So when we opened up Rockville Center McFadden's. That's where it was. What? Remember I told you I said disco fries and gravy were named something. And then that's what it was. What? When you opened up Rockville Center. Yes. You had a slider tasting. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with the disco fries. 
Oh. What we did was basically we chopped up a bunch of bacon and called them techno fries. So let's just start off with some travel. So Tanya, I was creeping you. I went into a deep creep with you on Facebook yesterday for purposes of, because I was trying to think about how we're going to kind of maybe make a logo. I was going to see if maybe there was a picture I can kind of isolate, remove the background, put me and you together. We'll put it on kind of on the logo to kind of introduce the show. And then as you know, I got away from kind of featuring us. Let's just talk about what the show is and talk about the name of the show. You guys know, you guys know who we are. If you don't, you will very soon. Okay. All right, so let's start with that. So when I did creep your um, profile pictures, I did see, just explain why, all right? (laughs) Why don't you calm down, okay? I did see a picture of you in kind of like a zen-like position, sitting in almost like what might be a yoga seat, and you were on some footbridge. Yes. Can you explain the backstory on that? What were you, what were you doing, what was going on with that? So this was one of my favorite trips ever. It was to Costa Rica, and my best friend planned it. Um, her, She had another group of friends that were planning on traveling somewhere else, and she said, I bet you, I want to go to Costa Rica, and I bet you that I can book us this trip for less than what you're paying for. I think they were going to Paris. Okay, so the the, uh, the first option was Paris. Everybody, I'm sure, was excited about that. Eiffel Tower, croissant, croissant. Bread, cheese, say? wine, croissant. 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 Huh? Croissant. Do you get in trouble if you don't speak um, uh, American there? I, uh, do you listen to me sometimes, ladies and gentlemen? You, you're listening to a moron. Yes. I just... <laughs> that was like a knee-jerk agree right there. <laughs> And snort number one, ladies and gentlemen. No, so I heard when you go to Paris, they they kind of a little, and cruises let me know too, do do they give you a little bit of an attitude? Is that still a thing? I've been hearing about since 1984, that if you don't speak at least some of the language, they give you some real attitude. No, what I found is that, um, you know, uh, when I did go to Paris, my friends and I did not speak French. But we tried, um, when I mean we tried, like we would say bonjour when we walked into a place and then we would ask, you know, like, parlez-vous anglais? Like, do you speak English? And yes, most of the country speaks English and probably Swedish and Spanish. And I was lucky because I do speak Spanish that I was able to communicate, you know, with people if they, there were three languages that we could have spoken and French was not one of them. So we were able to find a common ground with either Spanish or English. And that makes sense because it's just much more of an accessible group of nations, right? Yeah. You're talking about Europe and you're talking about geographically. It's, it's, it's for the most part, that part of a continent, but that part of the continent, whatever you want to call it, Eastern Europe. Um, no. Oh no, I'm sorry, Western. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Give me a break. I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a USA landlocked kid in the Caribbean too as well. But <laughs> I, uh, I I I always felt like you can kind of travel from country to country, similar to like Going, regions of America, right? Yeah. Kind of how like if we were kind of like our tri-state area. Yeah. Would be you know traveling from France to Italy or. You right, know, Portugal, or you know, like we took a train from Paris to Italy, and I mean, it was an overnight train, and it's 
you know, kind of sketch, but we could do that the same way that you would take an Amtrak here across the country or north and south. So, And that's one thing I'm jealous of about Europe. I mean, you guys are listening out there, and so many of you love to travel, and you've been to Europe. Man, when can we get a freaking high-speed rail here? <laughs> and Tanya's laughing because she knows I'm just grounded. You know what I mean? I don't like to... Because I know that you love the train, and... Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's really cool. You know, people think people really do think I don't love the train. They think I, it's just because I don't like to fly. And I'll say you half right. I'll give you halfway on that. But I really, really do like a train. I was looking it up. I was I was possibly going to in this little in the meantime in between time thing when I went from Florida to New York hadn't started yet. I was looking up um, the the I was looking up the options on going from Florida to Los Angeles on a train. And really, maybe even just for a couple of days and just mostly for the ride. There's really not um, a way to explain what you see out that window. And some of those cars, yes, am I going to sit here and lie to you on on day one and a half, day three, whatever? It does get a little old after a while. But when you look back, I'm so happy that I did it because just you see the the change in our country. You just see the entire landscape fly right before you. You see the vegetation early and all the cities and kind of like, you know, yeah, there's farmland, but then there's also suburbs. And then you get into the Great Plains where it's just like the desert, only green and hill, which is gorgeous. But then, yeah, after a while, okay, what do you do? Six hours. I've seen it. I get it. Great. (laughs) But then it starts to change and it starts to, for lack of better terms, die. Yes. I have a question. Did you just did you just schoolroom hand raise? Me? I did. I was and, being, I, and did I just say yes and call on you? Yes, I was being polite and you you were being polite as well. Okay. So because you like trains, I know um, my former boss that you know we both kind of worked with. Uh, her dad was really into trains and railroad, and she mentioned something called the horseshoe curve. Is that your stomach? No. <laughs> it's not. I'm Maybe kidding. 15 minutes ago it would have been, but I'm it's kidding. not. I'm kidding. Um, but the horseshoe curve. So, yeah, I got Where it. is that located? Okay. So have I'm, you- well, I'm glad you asked, Tanya. I'm glad you asked about the horseshoe curve. <laughs> yes. Uh, our, our other boss, the owner of the company, was also very curious about that, too. Uh, the horseshoe curve. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. What? Should be called the Nerd Out Podcast, but I'm in. I'm down. I'm in. <laughs> it, it's, no, you're you right. Know, we'll, it's interesting. We'll be over in a minute. And no, that's it's, it. it's interesting. I, it is. It, Don't tune out. When I, go to, when I used to go to Pittsburgh, I used to um, get on the train, and it was like a nine-hour ride from New York to Pittsburgh. They gave you a little pillow uh, until they took that from me about halfway through my Pittsburgh travels. You know what? They, yeah, they went like this. You know what? Little dumpy little neck pillow they used to hand to all the guests. And for whatever reason, halfway through my tenure in Pittsburgh, I was like, hey, one day I was like, hey, where's the pillow? Yeah, they cut that out of the budget. <laughs> and I'm like, they cut the pillow out of the budget? And the guy looked at me like, sorry, we like to keep our jobs. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. I, I got a little snippy about the pillow. I was like, dude, I just asking for a pillow. Can I curse? What? Can I curse? Can you curse? Yeah. I just say, you know what? Let's figure that out. Should we curse on this? I don't know. You know, sometimes they... I do regular always be book style. Like, I try to stay away from the F word. Okay. That's it. So, anything but the F word, I guess. Okay. But if an F word does slip out, I don't... Uh, you know, I don't, nobody's going to call the cops or anything, I don't think. <laughs> right? Um, so, the horseshoe curve. The F word. This was constructed. So, you used to be able to go to, um, uh, I guess, New York to Pittsburgh. 
it used to take two weeks. And then there was this mountain range that was a real bitch to get around. Like you couldn't get around it. It was crazy. They built this horseshoe curve with with the railroad and it cut down the trip from two weeks to two days. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's actually really interesting and I'm glad that I know that now. And then the um, town, what is the town? Uh, I don't remember what the town is. but Scranton. No, it's not Scranton. I'm just naming the other city that I know in Pennsylvania. Okay, hold on. We're going to do this right now. (laughs) Tanya. What? The other city that you know in Pennsylvania besides Pittsburgh? Philly. I said the third. Did I not say that? I got my hand up and my fingers out. Philly. Philly. Scranton. Scranton. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Uh, Come on. Poconos. Poconos is a mountain range, but maybe it's a town. It's probably a town. Let's go with it. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Okay. That's not bad. You got Harrisburg as the capital. Oh, right. Um, okay. I knew that. You got Bethlehem. Uh, uh, you know, you can name a bunch. Okay. Who cares? You know what I mean? You know, this, this is what it is. I think you did pretty good, to be honest with you. It's, it's Pennsylvania, right? Well, you're being kind, but... No, I think I, I can't name... I could probably name like four or five more if I was hard-pressed to, but what are we going to do? Name the whole... This is not geography tonight. Um, it's also not the history of the horseshoe. Right. So that whole thing was 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 our first um, staycation tangent. Well, and, uh, actually, yeah, that because it started because I was in Costa Rica. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So we got all the way to the horseshoe curve <laughs> we went- from Costa Rica. To Paris, to Pittsburgh. Welcome to the party, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to happen here and there. But the beauty of it is, is because, Tanya, you don't know what these people have been through with me. It's like PTSD. Because I, I talk and I get here and I start going on a tangent. And I have to use so much mental gymnastics to get back to where I started from. I love that phrase. Mental gymnastics yeah. is one of my favorite phrases ever. All right. Because I will say something and I'll be like, how did I get here? Yeah, And somebody exactly. be like, I don't know, you were talking about bread. That's the beauty of it. That's what I'm trying to get at. So now you're here <laughs> and you can. Now, there's going to be times when you're going to be lost too. You're like, Tommy, I can't help you. I don't know I, I don't know where the hell you started. I don't know I'll how you got out. here. But there's going to be times when you can't help. It's just, listen, it's, you know, some of, the heavy lift, some of the heavy lifting. In these mental gymnast- gymnastics, Tanya has, let's just say, maybe raised the bar a little bit. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about Costa Rica. So we got we got to France. Okay. We talked about France and the so, speaking American. Now talk to me about that experience in Costa Rica because it's in the Caribbean and that's right in our wheelhouse. No, it's not but, in the Caribbean. It's in South America. The, the Caribbean's in South America. It's part of the Caribbean in South America. Yeah, but it's Costa Rica's well, in the Caribbean. But when I think of the Caribbean, I think of the islands. Yeah, Bermuda, co- Jamaica, Dominican Republic, Cuba, Puerto Rico. All right, I could be totally wrong, but I th- yeah, it's in the Western Caribbean. Costa Rica's in the Caribbean. It is. Is yes. it? Yes. All right. So, um, but uh, I, I know that a lot of times broads ain't good with geography. Oh. Four or five listeners gone. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, ladies. Coho's gone. Coho's <laughs> yeah, gone. It's, let's let's move on from this anyway because it's not okay. even that interesting. So, so it's not. Yeah. So okay. so we went to Costa Rica and uh, my friend uh, planned our entire trip and it was fantastic. We started the first leg of the trip was kind of like an agritourism where we went to a um, a coffee farm and we did a coffee tasting. How, how how many days were you there for? We were there for I think um, thirteen days. Okay. Um, and so the first leg was we stayed up in the mountains. 
It was fantastic. The only thing that really, really sucked about it was the ride from the airport to um, the location where we were staying. Right. Um, Poverty? No, it wasn't poverty. It was going up the side of a mountain where one side you just see mountain and the other side you just see, I mean, just a a drop. Yeah, but they got whiskey for that. That's beautiful. No, I'm like into that type of thing. We weren't, well, like we weren't drinking. It was just in, you know, this little minivan. We stopped for food. It was amazing. Um, we finally got to our location. I kissed the ground. How was the driver? Did the driver make you feel comfortable? Like, was the driver, was it like total apparent of sketchiness? Or was it like, the guy was like, hey, welcome. Did you feel like you were in the hands of a professional or no? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, okay. I think that's the thing. Like, sometimes when you travel to other places, they really don't want to rent cars to you because you don't know the roads or right. the roads are thin or you're climbing up a mountain. I didn't know that. Or, they would actually consider that. They would like, you know what, not necessarily a good idea. Yeah, really. like in Bermuda, they drive on the other side of the road. Yeah. Oof. Like a lot of places in the country. and yeah. I'm sorry, in the world. And they really kind of don't want you to rent cars. They would rather you, like they drive you around. And also because Bermuda, it's a small island and part of it, you know, people are on vacation and they're drinking, so they really right. would like to minimize any casualty or accidents. I'm sorry, I don't want to yeah. say casualties. <laughs> you know, my 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 buddy Tara from St. Thomas, she told me, and it didn't necessarily mean the same thing for tourism, but she told me tourists, I should say, but she told me that there is no rules. Like she, I don't, we don't like it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it becomes a political topic here, not a political, but a sensitive topic here about drinking and driving and things like that, as it should be. But she told me she's like, "Do you realize what you have to do on St. Thomas to get a DUI?" Like, and I'm going to tell you something right now: driving on those roads, they're dirt and they're up mountains, they're around corners. It's right. crazy sometimes. So it's surprising to hear like some countries are just responsible and saying, "You know what? You're a tourist." Because of the drinking that's going on, because of the tourism, and because you, whether it's right side, left side, you probably should really think twice before you take this car. Uh, I haven't heard of that going on in St. Thomas, but I do know the locals just, they get they get hammered and drive. Smashed. Smashed. Tanya, where are you from? I'm from the Bronx. You're from the Bronx, right? I'm from. The I Bronx. had this idea that you spent some time as a as a New York City Manhattan kid. No. Well, yeah, because where I grew up in the Bronx was right across the bridge from Washington oh, okay. Heights. Okay. Yes, they had so, that spot where it's like literally you can almost. It's literally jump. across the bridge. So where I'm from in the Bronx is where hip hop was born. Fifteen Twenty Cedric Avenue. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, the rec room. So yes, exactly. So right across the bridge from just came out. <laughs> right across the bridge from that is Washington Heights, 181st Street. I went to uh, from second grade to eighth grade in Washington Heights, and my both of my grandparents, my maternal and paternal um, grandmothers, were on 181st Street. All my friends, most of my friends, are from Washington Heights. We all grew up together. We went to the same school, and then we went to different high schools. We went to different colleges. And one of the best things about 
going away to college, even though neither of us went far because one of my friends went to Hofstra, the other went to Rutgers, and I went in up in Rockland County, is as soon as we all came back to Washington Heights, we were like, yes, we're home. We're everything. There's a bodega that's open 24-7 and... You know, uh, you can get anything that you want at any time and the hustle and bustle. When I where I went to college, it was really quiet. There was a pond somewhere and I saw a chipmunk and I was like, what is that? And my friend said, it's a chipmunk. And I said, oh, I've never seen one before. When we came back, we were like squirrels, just rats with fur coats. Right. And, yeah, yeah. You know. But, so um, let me ask you this. So do you I guess. So you you know I was a big fan of that musical in the Heights, and I'm a Long yes. Island kid. I'm a suburb kid. Uh, so my question is, and the beauty of it, I I wouldn't trade that for anything because I really feel like as suburb kids, and you know, there's different levels of suburb kids. I literally grew up eight. We're we we're sitting eight minutes from Queens right now, and this is where I grew up pretty much. So it's not like I was out on the island. I was very very close. So you basically Queens. So like. You, 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 you having a sort of a, an admiration for the city from afar when you live kind of like in the suburbs, and it was always like a cool thing to go to the city. But when we did grow up, when I grew up, it was not like it is now. It had a definitely a, a different reputation. It was very dangerous. So where you grew up, there is two sides. To me, it's two sides to the Heights and Washington Heights and that whole area. You hear about the celebrated side, the cultural side, the beautiful, diverse Latin American side, and just everybody having fun. You hear that side, but then you hear about the dangerous side. What was your actual experience? Well, yeah, it was dangerous. And we did grow up with a lot of kids in our school. And I went to a really great elementary school uh, and middle school in Washington Heights. It was one of the best ones in our city and the top one in our district. And still, like, <laughs> I know a lot of people from my past who were in prison or kind of dropped off the face of the earth or, you know, just sad stories. I think that happens with every kind of, like, circle of... No, I don't. I think no matter where you grew up, that's gonna happen you're gonna have people who excelled and people who kind of you want to ask like where did you take a left when you should have taken a right it does but you do you do consider like the harlem kind of uh you know the the uptown kind of like the bronx that the heights that whole area it does have a notorious reputation i don't know how true it is i don't know but clearly you know you've kind of made it through and i you probably did at one point would you consider yourself maybe more of like that type of um i guess kind of come from did you did you kind of like shed a lot of what you kind of grew up in do you feel like from your whole persona because i my first inkling is like someone from that area would have some sort of an edge i think part of part of what makes us us and i mean people from people from like the heights and the bronx part of what is not understood is that we are like a suburban community you know you know the same kids growing up because nobody leaves so you grow up with the same families the same kids you end up going to the same high schools because they're in your neighborhoods. You end up riding the same train. Everybody's on the same schedule. So you see the same people every day. In that type of sense, 
it can be kind of like that quote unquote suburban feel, but the only difference is, well, instead of I live on Sycamore, it's, you know, I live on Fort Washington and I live on 181st Street and I live on, you know, Cabrini and this person lives on Riverside. But the thing is, is that we all grew up together within blocks of each other. And, you know, our parents didn't, well, my parents and I know my friend's parents. I remember I used to call my friend Brenda's house at like 830 at night and her mom would pick up the phone and she'd be like, no, she's sleeping. And I would hear my friend Brenda go, no, she's lying. Because <laughs> you weren't supposed to call people's homes after a certain time. Right. It was considered disrespectful and rude. And, you know, if we went out, you had to say, well, we're going to McDonald's. We just want milkshakes and french fries and right. who are you going with when are you going to be back all right like so so basically what i'm getting from you was rough it could be rough at times pretty like seriously rough it was at times, rough but i mean but there was a familiarity about it with your people with your friends with your family and it kind of spanned generationally too so that where there was like if you were kind of from there and lived there you kind of had that familiarity that probably kept things less on the dangerous side for you i yes i kind of like Part of what it is, is you have the good kids who have super strict parents who don't let them go anywhere. And then you have the bad kids whose parents don't know where they are and they don't know where their parents are. So the good kids always kind of know some of the bad kids. But the good kids are still kind of good kids because, hey, um, yeah, I know we may be on this rooftop doing things that we're not supposed to be doing or skipping school and taking a train from the tippy top of the Bronx to the end of brooklyn why would anybody do that you know who does that why would you not do that ever see the warriors the movie the Warriors? yes but we and we did that because you know why did i just not go to homeroom and english and like history like why didn't i just not do that and it was because it bored me and it was like this is so much more fun and did you have as 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 good coming from a good family and everything like that i'm gonna know the answer to this already but did your parents say i don't want you hanging out with that one um were there, were there kids yes. out there that you there really... There was definitely like, you know... Listen, I went to, you know, I went to a middle school, elementary school in Washington Heights and I went to high school in Harlem. So I definitely knew a lot of kids that... It, and it was a great school. It wasn't one of the... You know how in New York City we have the top three, like Brooklyn Tech, Stuyvesant, and Bronx Science? No, but yeah. <laughs> Well, my school, those were the specialized high schools. Right. And my school was not one of them, but still a very good school. And But it was also in the middle of Harlem. So you still had good kids, really smart kids. And you also... Ta- and how about talent? Talented kids, right? Talented kids. There's high schools up there. And I, I knew when LaGuardia, I started working up there. There's high um, schools up there. I never did. When the suburbs, we don't have school, high schools that are geared towards performing arts. That was so cool. I remember we would go to like these talent shows at the LaGuardia School, which is a performing arts school. And like they would do these dance competitions and it would blow me away. And I was like, we need this in our school. And they were like, well, you can start it. And then I sat down and I was like, well, no, never mind. You ever see fame? The movie fame? Of course. The movie fame. What about the show fame? Oh, okay, the show fame. I knew there was a show fame, yes, but the movie was the show came from the movie. The the show came from the movie. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, the yeah. movie came from the show. 
And the whole thing came from LaGuardia. You, um, you grew up in the city. I grew up very, very close to the city. And, you know, people who already live in the city, people who have nothing to do with New York City growing up, who live here, um, a lot of people, let's just say, have an aversion to tourists and a lot of the touristy activities. I think that that's all, like, fake. All right, well, hold on. There, there, it is real, per se, because there are a lot of people who do shit all over it, and I would say some in some cases for good reason. Now, you're talking to two native New Yorkers here, so I would like to, me and you, talk about some of the things, and I've said, a, said it a little bit on the podcast, and, um, and I want to talk about this because I want to talk about the current state of New York City and how it looks right now, perception versus the actual reality of what it is. Uh, but let's talk about tourism things in new york city that as a native new yorker we are able to tolerate and that we might like and i'll go first here and i will say that i'm just always an energy guy my dad uh worked at 30 rock i used to love nothing more than going there and watching snl tapings not tapings uh rehearsals and then the live show it we used to i mean there was an electricity and an energy around that that is just addictive and that kind of just transcended to me to like liking being in big groups of populations like i like that better of course i like getting away getting to the caribbean and kind of chilling out and unwinding but to me this is like almost like a curse word to say, but I like Times Square. I like the hustle. I like the smell of the peanuts. I like the fact that people are dodging each other. I like the love the lights. First of all, Times Square. Yes or no? No. No. Okay. Hard no. So that's a real New Yorker right there. Okay. Hard no. I Why? think the best thing about Times Square is probably the Red Lobster. Oh gosh. I know. We're right? just committing fouls left and right. <laughs> well, I. I you might as well just said the big giant Olive Garden. Well, no, I mean, come on. They got good breadsticks. Come on, we got to give them that. They do, but I mean, Red Lobster has the biscuits. Okay. We once paid off the hostess at Red Lobster. They get us a seat, but we were walking. <laughs> it's Red Lobster, a lot of tourists in town. We just went into the Red Lobster in Times Square. Me, uh, Johnny C, and Joe Hitty uh, from oh, way back in the wow. day. We walked in there. So this is what, 1984? Easy. <laughs> this is 2004. 2006 yeah so we roll in and they're like you know we don't have it's going to be about an hour and a half and it leave it to us the three of us to grease the red lobster hostess of course if 50 dollars will change that we'll get a seat we want to 50 dollars we were seated in two seconds but okay so what do you what do you hate about Times square and i know the answer but i want to hear what you i want to hear how you say it i'm not big on crowds at okay. all the thought of trying to like shoulder body check everybody on my way from one crosswalk to another is just so irritating and i also i'm extremely impatient so i don't have the patience for people that are stopping to look at something i'll give you that that does bother me as a new yorker you want people to keep moving <laughs> like i'll give you, you that just like guys it's like on a cruise ship too that's a big cruise thing too and you have to just train yourself you happen happens all the time just kind of lumbering around the ship people turning their brains off just admiring things admiring the sides of vice versus people who have a destination right and those two entities are always in conflict and i think that's part of the reason that i hate like going to Times Square or Herald Square, going to Macy's during Christmas time or Thanksgiving. Oh, like, this I is love the worst it. time to be there. I can't get enough of that. I and, love it. Well, and 
it's funny because part of like one of the things that I really loved about my childhood was my dad for Christmas would we would get on the train and go downtown and he would take me to see the windows at Macy's, the windows at Bloomies, the windows at Saks. Right. We never went to see the tree because it was always just too crowded. Yeah. And I mean, it it was just too, too much. But then years afterwards, I mean, I'm talking about being six or seven years old. Years after that, like now they have stanchions and you wait online to see the windows at these stores. You know, these are works of art that are going to be gone when the season's over. So it was just really cool. It's a cool memory that I have. And um, it's probably the only time that I was able to tolerate a crowd. <laughs> I was I was hoping this year we'd get a little board, board up the windows, incorporate the boarding up of the windows with a little Christmas art. What you know kind what of mean? Christmas art? Preparing for the riots that are about to come because of whatever's going to happen in this crazy world we live in. But just maybe like, I don't know, Santa's sleigh. They recycle the wood from the boarding up the windows in anticipation of the riots and maybe make a scene out of that. Maybe they build Santa's house. Maybe the reindeer are made out of the, 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 the plywood. I don't know. No? Reaching? No, reaching. All right. Let's go to with what you think <laughs> might be a tolerable tourist attraction in New York City. Like Washington Heights. And the thing about Washington Heights is that it's, listen, I got priced out of living in an apartment that my grandmother lived in for 35 years. Jeez. Because it overlooked the GW and the Hudson River. Right. And when we moved our grandparents out. But these aren't touristy things, though. Well, okay, wait, no, hold on. You have the cloisters. The what? The cloisters. The cloisters? Up in Fort Tryon Park. It's my favorite place in all of New York. It's okay. my favorite place. So it's, Is that like on the hill? It's up past Dykeman Street. It's a big park. And it has um, just there's picnic areas. There's the, the Cloisters is part of the Metropolitan Museum. And it is, they have these unicorn tapestries. They have, it's basically a castle. It's a castle up in Washington Heights. It's phenomenal. It's always been my favorite place since I was a kid. Um, now that I live in Queens, I would always say um, a picnic in the park. We take walks now to Long Island City. There's so many cool restaurants now. There's a new food hall in Long Island City. Really? Mm-hmm. You have a story. story. Park is nice too. Astoria Park is really nice for like a little picnic. If you walk all the way past past Dittmar's, you have what's that water there? That's the that's the East River. Is it really? Right by the park? No, no, no. If you go past Dittmar's, like past the Con Edison. I think that's still the East River. Oh. I think it is. I'm not sure. And then in the Bronx, you have the zoo, the botanical gardens. You have City okay, Island. Okay, so now you're talking. Now To me, now you're talking. You Everything you're City saying Island. is like, I think what you're talking about a lot is New York City tourist places that New Yorkers go for tourism. I think right. a lot. But the thing but about City Bronx Island. Bronx Zoo, that's a good one. That's a, that's a, that's a full on tourism. I've never been to the Bronx Zoo. Have you? Yes. How is it? It's really good, but you have to, you should go. The rhinoceros is carrying switchblades and stuff or no? No, but the <laughs> monkeys selling crack to each other. Um, It's not 1988 Bronx Zoo. I know, I know. It's... But the Bronx Zoo is cool, but I do suggest you don't go on a really hot day because the animals don't want to come out. If you go when it's colder, the animals are more likely to come out of like their little caves. And. 
And I don't know if this special is still going, but they used to be free on Wednesdays. And during Christmas, which I doubt that they'll do this year, they have a whole like light show. Like when you go in, it's like a festival of lights oh, in that's the Bronx. Cool. That's yeah, cool. it's very cool. I'm going to move it on to um, observation decks. I love <laughs> an observation deck too. How do you not, to me, one of the things, and, and I've, whether I'm from there or lived there or driven through there, whatever, nothing. I've never been sick of looking at the New York City skyline, especially I've been all over the place. I've lived out west. I've driven everywhere. You really have. For somebody who doesn't fly, you, you've you lived in Arizona. You've lived in Pittsburgh. You live down in Florida. Yeah. You, like, you really do place, yes. move around. So I could say that that New York City skyline is still the most impressive thing in the world to me. Yeah, and getting I dig a, it. getting an opportunity to kind of see it up close and personal, especially listen, let's be honest, everything is nicer with a couple of drinks. You get a couple of whiskeys in you, like we would just do that from Johnny Utah's. I'm on the sales floor working, people are riding the mechanical bull on DJing. I had the luxury of being able to put on, you know, we got a couple of you know, we used to do it, we used to live it up. Those there was a, I'm gonna talk about this eventually too, and just that moment in time we had that is not coming back but that moment in time where we were kind of you could make the argument we were running that whole city just we had bars here bars there we yeah. could go from place to place friends it was, um lightning was, in a bottle it was a special time and you know there was a times when we would be you know we had a couple of drinks you know it'd be like you know whatever time 11 30 at night and we'd be djing and like hey let's let's do a shot and go to the top of 30 rock and we would do that i would put on a long song and we would just go and we'd shoot up to the top observation deck looking at the entire city. I mean, it does freak me out being up there a little bit. I don't know about you, <laughs> but that's what I love about it because you, you just you just really kind of, I mean, it's just you could see forever. And it's almost like you just in a, a drone shot almost. But yeah, you- I think one of my favorite things about just being in our industry or the industry that I was in in New York was at... When we would close down our bar, the first bartender to be cut would go there and order like five martinis and five Manhattans and three club sandwiches. And then when we were done counting money, cleaning up, we were we would all just get there and have this like weird feast of diner food and cocktails. And then... Do it again the next day. Yeah, and we would not leave that situation until there was a cle- it was clearly the next day. People were clearly jogging. People were clearly starting their day and being productive in life. And we were <laughs> coming home from church. We were yeah, we're going to church. We were just not doing that. We no. were not doing those things. We were helping each other to cabs, going off in different directions, and like you said, uh, you know, doing it all over again the next day. Tanya, who do you think is better, Michael Jackson or Prince? Prince. Prince, like right, like unequivocally, like, okay. So let's do an argument for both because it's not as cool when we agree, but we do agree in this regard. You agree with me? Yeah, I do. Why, you thought I wouldn't? Yeah, because sometimes I think that you can be a little bit of a contrarian. And if I say like, I like mustard, you'd be like, F mustard, I'm with ketchup. I guess I can't By the way, do you say ketchup or ketchup? Who in the world says ketchup? 
Ketchup. Ketchup or ketchup? Say say those both things again because I don't think anybody says the first one. Ketchup. Yeah, that's the one. That's what I say. Oh, okay. And what's the other one? Ketchup. Ketchup? Ketchup. You've okay. never heard no. ketchup? No, I, I actually haven't, but... Ketchup. Let's talk about why it's it's Prince over Michael Jackson. So let's first. Do you want to go first, sir? Okay, no, I want. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Let's let, let's let's have me go first on this one, I guess, <laughs> because I don't know. Just the body of work. First and foremost, you cannot deny Michael Jackson's talent. And when I do say Michael Jackson or Prince, there was no little five-year-old Afro Prince running around. So what I'm gonna do is just kind of back time. Five-year-old Afro no, Prince. No, it doesn't exist. So there's no like comparison. So I'm going straight adult Michael Jackson versus adult. If you want to add in five-year-old, no, no, we'll do uh, you know what the I mean? two so, adults because like, then it's not fair. Because unlike Prince Michael Jackson, yeah, Prince didn't have that career. So listen, first of all, let's go with let's call it what it is: two all-time weirdos. Let's. I mean, no, no, yeah, no, no. A, I think Prince was less A weird woman? than Michael Jackson. Uh, maybe Prince was just a small man who had to wear heels. If you've ever watched the Chappelle show and uh-huh. you've seen some of that you stuff, you want pancakes? Please don't tell me Prince is not a weirdo because if he's half as weird as those stories, Prince is a little weird, right? Oh no! All right, a little bit. Whatever. I think that sometimes when you're as when you're, I think sometimes when you're so talented and gifted that yeah. like it comes with ex eccentricity oh yeah and you're gonna live outside of every box because that's why you are the person that you are there is no question about that i 100 give you that still weirdos but <laughs> and it's okay it's okay so uh going with like song to song what would you say let's michael jackson's biggest hit what are we going with here the um, song the, the biggest hit song I, I mean there's just so many right do we go from like the Thriller album? All of them. All of them as an the adult. Wall, yeah, I guess Thriller is probably bad. his coming out party. Did, he did have the dancing, like he did have a couple of songs in like the late 70s where he was What's a solo one? artist, right? To the, to the post office. Don't stop till to you get, get enough. I know it's not to the post office, but that's how I remember. Well, listen, we'll go. Keep on. No, to the Michael post Jackson office. was very big Don't in the, in the USPS community. <laughs> Okay, so he had like these really big hits off what the wall. Can, what can Light Brown do for you? Well, no, he was still kind of like Mocha. Okay, back then he was. Okay, gotcha. So, all right, so all right. so so he so he had those. Don't stop till you get enough. That was early Michael Jackson, right? Right. Okay, but yeah, the truth is, when Thriller hit, that was it. Like you had no, I would think it's before that i think it's off the wall but nothing like thriller was uh, uh, over the top P- thriller put him in with okay so yes he had good music before that as a solo artist but i would say wasn't now you're talking about elvis to the beatles to michael jackson i think that's 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 who's be- who's bigger between the beatles and michael jackson well part of off the wall he also had billy jean no, Billie Jean was on Off the Wall. I thought that was on Thriller. No, I don't think it was. No? I Let's don't know, look. but that's in the, a third hey, fact Hey, Siri. Check. Is uh-huh. what songs were on Michael Jackson Thriller's album? I know what it is. Yeah, it's on Thriller. All right, so I have it right here. Billie Did you Jean just correct is- your Siri? What? 
Did you just correct Siri? Yeah, I did correct Siri. And she say, gets it wrong too. I know what it is. This is why you shouldn't get into right versus wrong battles with me because I'm correct. I'm out here correcting Siri. Oh, you are. Are yeah. you? Okay. All right, so we're gonna see. But this wasn't really an argument. This last one, we you know. So this is this is it right here. 1982 thriller came out. I want to be starting something. Baby be mine, which is the the broke ass one. The girl is mine. Paul McCartney thriller. That's a good. The girl's mind is a is a is a deep cut and a good one with and Paul a McCartney. Good segue yeah. to what we're going to talk yes, about. Yes, exactly. Thriller, Beat It, Billy Jean, Human Nature, PYT, Creepy. In retrospect, uh, the lady in my life. You're right. PYT, creepy, but great song. A great song, but you can't run with that. If you're Michael Jackson, you can't. You you don't have a leg to stand on. Well, not That's anymore. why you're writing big checks. That's why you're writing settlement checks because you got a song out called Pretty Young Thing. What are you going to do? Where are you going to go from there? I never put that two and that other two together. But then even after that, um, you know, his other albums, his subsequent albums, one of the great, one of the black or white, great song. Uh, oh, my favorite Michael Jackson song, not on this album. Any guesses? You want to you come up with it? I don't. Yeah. Okay. The Way You Make Me Feel. The Way You Make that Me video, Feel. That video? Yes, gotta have that's some a great swagger video. You know who that, that person video. is? That was his cousin in the video. That, of course it was his cousin. This guy's a disaster. <laughs> I mean, come on, this guy. I mean, cousins, young, oh, everybody. But, I mean, unless you say, though, like, he, he in that video, when it's basically just some hot chick walking the streets late at night. <laughs> it's a family member. And it's a family member. That's I'm, I'm already beyond that. Let's move aside from that because it just speaks for itself. The weirdness, but then him just following her. There was something about. I mean, I've never that that confused my mind watching that because never. And this is pre the Me Too movement. Yeah, but never did I see somebody stuff. like so feminine looking going after somebody else so feminine looking. Yeah, but he was somehow so feminine that he was masculine in doing it. So Those, was Prince. Th- those yeah hold on we're gonna get to prince but those dance moves were like it was like <clears throat> all right you know the girl's like all right he looks like a woman but damn look at this guy dance <laughs> right i mean that was impressive and you have to have some sort of swagger to just be able to like i got here's my concept for the video i follow <laughs> my cousin around the streets <laughs> and i hit on her yeah, and i hit on her she's playing a little hard to get but you can tell she's soaked up so I just keep following yeah, her. Yeah, so I keep no, following wait. her. No, no, no. Nobody goes, you got to do it in his yeah. voice. So, so I, I keep, keep following, following her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So, all right, so that. Are we on to Prince? All right, so just, um, no, but I want to talk. Like, so Michael Jackson. He had bubbles? And you have to give it. So Michael Jackson had the dance, dance moves. Yes. Um. All right, so let's go to Prince now. So Prince. You're talking about, all right, was he, Excuse is he going to, is he going to win a, is he going to win an Oscar? The purple no. one. The what? The purple one. The purple rain. Oh, that you call him the purple one. The purple one. Well, don't we call him Squiggly and Cross through it too? At some no, point? you call him the artist. The artist formerly known as Prince. Now back to being Taft known Cat? as Prince. Was it? Was it? Was it? Name? It was like Abacab. I don't know. Abacab. No, that's a Phil Collins album, I think. Or Abacab. Yeah. Abacab or Genesis. <laughs> call, call a cab. <laughs> no. Let's age ourselves more. Yeah, exactly. No, that's first of all, I have no problem aging myself. When you're going to start talking about heavyweights like Phil Collins, that'll be another one. We're going to do this soon, and we got to do we got to do the other obvious one. We got to do Billy Joel versus Elton John, but that's for another time and another day. But so. Uh, Phil to- Collins versus Sting. Oof, to me, that's an easy one, but I get Police it. Police versus Genesis. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. See, you're right. right? A lot of see? parallels there. I know. I'm getting it. You you got it. What are you talking about? You're okay, getting it. Prince. You've been there. You've done that. So Prince, uh, I'll break down my thoughts of Prince's talents, and then you th- you tell me why Prince touches you. Um, and that sounded terrible as well. But we'll move because past he that. likes me. Yeah. So Prince to me is uh, a little bit of an underground. A little bit. See, Michael Jackson was the winner. Uh, Michael Jackson was the guy who had everything coming up. Child star. He had money before he even knew he had money. Um, he had the silver spoon. Although, clearly, uh-huh. had something screwed up because it didn't really work out in the end. But right. um, he had it all in front of him. It was there. And his, all his music were... It was It was based on swagger. It was based on, yeah, I, I Prince, there was pain. And talent. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. Michael Jackson had the talent. Yeah. It was beaten into yeah, him Yeah, of course, there's talent on both. But I'm saying but just the, where the talent comes from. To me, Prince just had, soul. there was some struggle in that voice. Like, and just, yeah. it, it was this, I think, my, my brother is 10 years older than I am. So I know a lot of music that is out of my generation. Right. You had an exposure to like a lot I, of songs I, you may not otherwise right. pay attention to. A lot of bands and a lot of just a lot of things that I would never have known yeah. if I didn't have. And my brother was into this stuff. Anyway, so he was like Prince Roger Nelson. Uh, he plays over 20 instruments. He wrote Nothing Compares to You. He wrote a lot of songs that he people sang that you never even wrong. would know. Right. And he just had this talent. Actor? No. Have I seen, uh, what was the movie? Not Under the Cherry Moon. The one before that. Um, Purple Rain? Yeah, Purple Have Rain. Have I seen? Well, that was all him, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the movie named after the biggest album ever? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, um, you know... Not a great movie, but I mean, I know. Who- no, no, no. See, the I thought it was a great movie, but it was a musical, and it was a different type of movie. It couldn't. You're not going to put it up against a few good men or The Godfather. No, it's not of that course. type of movie. I think it, it was is- a good movie for what kind yes, of movie it was. Exactly. He was basically. It's basically a a biopic, rockumentary, whatever you want to call it. And I thought it was put together pretty well because he he set the stage, and it's sort of like what he does in his music and the way he creates melodies, and they're just so damn catchy right like all of them and he was everything he had you know from i mean one of my favorites a lot of them are cheesy and i didn't care but like um you know let's go crazy mm-hmm. what a great song i mean purple rain is just an unequivocal masterpiece yes purple rain. and i like how he built that up in the movie he has you could tell he has a sense for the dramatic and building things up how they were trying to work out the whole song all throughout there and then they finally got it at the end and he it was um it's just it's 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 like it's heartbreaking yeah and it's no it's so it, i don't know i i love that one prince's music there's you not know. a lot i could tell you as a dj right there's one song that you could play of Prince's. And you wouldn't think it. I've had other DJs, other people come into the booth and be like, yeah, play some Prince. I'm like, yeah, there's only one song you could play. I'm like, they're like, no, come on. I would die for you. Let's go crazy. Listen, I cannot tell you why. Darling Nikki. Yeah. Oh, I cannot tell you why certain songs work. But I have the time logged in to know when certain songs are going to work. And there's one Prince song that you can play in a prime time crazy party bar environment and keep the dance floor going. Tanya, can you guess what it is? Try. Is it not Let's Go Crazy? It's not Let's Go Crazy. No. 1999. That's a that's a hot 
track. No, but no, that's the you can't play that. But that is the only song you play. It works every year on New Year's Eve, obviously. Of course. So you could do that. Um, but those are two great guesses. Let's see. Um, is it from the same album? Uh, I'm not sure if it's the same album. Hmm. Okay. Tell me what it is. <laughs> or give me a hint. Give me a hint. <laughs> give, yeah, all right. Give me a hint. Tell, tell me the answer. <laughs> tell. Just, okay. don't, don't, I don't want to blow it. Just tell <laughs> me the answer. <laughs> give me a hint. Yeah. Tell me the first two words. <laughs> okay. No, it's only one word. It's a one word. Does that help you? <laughs> yeah. How about that? The frill. Is that, it's a one word song. Um, let's see. Um... <laughs> Crap, I feel so under pressure right no, now. No, it's okay. It's Kiss. Oh, yes! Yeah, so that's oh my the God. only I'm sorry one. if my voice that's got right. really that's loud right, right, that's right. Here, But yes. That's the only one you could really play. Yeah. That, that's got just a fun... Oh, and there's another one that you could play early in the night. Um, good time. Uh, people like it early. They bob their heads to it a little bit because it's like sort of like a good... Uh, um, um, uh, it doesn't matter um all right so we are both in agreement and i think honestly i'm gonna go on a limb and say most of the audience won't agree with us either one of us what do you think that they'll say they'll say i know beatrix is i know beatrix is a huge michael jackson fan and she's like willing to overlook the pedophilia oh come on tricks she's okay with it she's okay with oh i miss her hi tricks She's going to Aruba Hi, in a couple of days. Nice. Yeah, give her a shout out. She's definitely listening. What's up, V? Yeah. Tanya and Beatrix go back. Same same little kind of corporate chain there. I used to go to Calico Jacks on my lunch hour to pick up mail and like pick up all the stuff that I needed. Tanya worked in the accounting office mainly. So Tanya became a bartender, but she uh, the, the base job was from the accounting office. And so she would have to go uh, to the local stores that were around and kind of see if there was any mail. And go ahead. I would pick up the mail. I would drop off stuff. I would pick up any money that needed to go into the bank. Yeah. And I would pick up some free lunch. And I would also sit and help do roll-ups at the bar while I was waiting for lunch. Roll-ups is the side work that you do where you take your knife and yeah, fork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And it was, ladies and gentlemen, the safe. We go in and we open up the safe, and then we make the banks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Tanya. Anyway, on. but yes, I think Prince is the more talented—not more talented, but better. Maybe but go back talented. to Beatrix on the tangent. You know, she was always a friendly oh, face so to see you. At the- yeah, I, and especially like if soccer was on, she would get like a little crazy. She was strict. I. She was definitely strict. You guys, it's one thing you guys don't know. Sweet Beatrix, she was like, to 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 uh to her staff, she was Joseph Stalin. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. Beatrix, calm down. But to, Beatrix does not play around. I always knew when I went to a restaurant because she worked at some of our restaurants. It would bounce around sometimes when we would do openings like City they Field. They were in shape. Yeah, and I would walk in and I would look around and I would see them almost. The the, the, the the staff would be standing with their trays in their hands like a militia. Right. And, uh, and it would just As like, they should. Uh, and they probably were yeah, there yeah. 15 minutes before their shift started. Yes. And they yeah. showed up in their uniforms or, you know, she knew she how to whip her, her staff into shape. fire your ass with a smile on her face. A yes. bright, beautiful, sweet smile. Your ass is fired. Have yeah. a great day. 
You know what I mean? But she she ran a tight ship. Beatrix is one she of the did. best in the she game. She ran a really tight yeah. ship. And, uh, you know, she was happy to her. get out of the game, and I'm happy for her now because she wanted to get out of that game now, and she's donated her life to uh, to tennis. And, donated uh, or? She's dedicated her life to tennis. <laughs> yeah, she gonna... turned her life over to tennis. <laughs> she's a tennis American now. <laughs> so that's, that's what it is. So, all right, so we settled on that. I think we most people. On also, did you know that Prince. Um, in his like Paisley mansion, has or had every room wired for sound so that he could record at any time. Really? So he could. So basically, it was always recording too. So if he came it up with an idea, it wasn't always recording, but it was all wired for if he sound. Wanted every, to if activate he wanted, it. yep. Okay, so so he could be like in his walk-in closet. I, I'm, you know, I don't know, but he could be like in one of the many, many rooms of his mansion and be like, I love Suave Purell. And he could record that. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> did we just, do we have a hit? <laughs> Suave Purell? <laughs> I thought so. Did you just mix two brands together too? I did, too? I did. Beautiful. Because I forgot the name for hand sanitizer. That is amazing. I love Suave I love Johnson and Johnson Jergens. <laughs> That's probably the same yeah. brand. It might be. It might be. I see Johnson Wax. Um, all right. So let's <laughs> take that as a segue. And we know Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I want to hear your Prince versus Michael Jackson arguments. Arguments, yes. I know they're going to come in from Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is definitely uh, probably the more mainstream, more revered. He's the king of pop. You know what I mean? And he's, he's just... I mean, I'm, I I prefer Prince. Prince, you know what Prince they speaks said to me a little Mike, bit more. When Michael Jackson died? What? They said, dearly beloved, we are gathered here wow. today to get, thing, get through this thing called life. That was strong. But And then Prince died too. I mean, how tragic is that? You know that? what they say at Prince's funeral? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Just kidding. What do they got? When doves cry? No, I was going to say the same thing. Dearly okay. beloved. Yeah. No, you got to come up with like a Michael Jackson. This is Thriller. <laughs> beat it that's not appropriate <laughs> that is not appropriate i mean no no but i'll tell you this man these two guys and think about it think about let's let's be serious for a second and think about what types of um i guess stressors the that type of life puts on you because when you talk about these people you're talking about elvis you're talking about so many rock and roll musicians so many actors two of the best think about it who's uh dude I just watched the other day, I watched the Whitney Houston documentary. Tragedy. Just so sad. What channel? Uh, it's a, it's on Showtime. I watched it on demand. But, I mean, just think about what these people must go through. And honestly, I look at it as almost like they're like warriors. They're almost like soldiers. It is crazy. Because they're like soldiers. But they, they literally, um, oh, it's almost like they're put on this earth to... Uh, entertain us and, then and to, to have so much talent the star burns out right and the star burns out and be, to keep that type of mentality and expectations and you know what you don't really realize a lot of people don't realize about these people what keeps them going is the um, they, they are no longer a person like me and you they're a corporation yes and they go how many jobs go right and they are responsible for so many people. It's so funny that you say this because I I was having this conversation with my girlfriend a few weeks ago. We were talking about, um, I don't know if anybody uh, in your audience watches the Wendy Williams show, but she is a talk show host and uh, she used to be a very famous New York City radio DJ. Um, and 
after that she was you know on drugs and cleaned her life up and then and she's got a talk show that she's also a man i think right well i mean she might be a man she's not but that's what everybody says but anyway she was you know a successful um daytime tv host yeah and she showed up on one of the fridays and my friends and i were like yo what is she on is she on pills is she drunk is she like is she back on drugs and it was crazy and that became kind of like the um the the buzz of what me and my other friends who everybody's home i working from home teaching their kids from home and like this was our little like thing of the day and i said you know you have to understand she's just the personality the network is the big boss right so of course. she is the corporation if she goes everybody that's underneath her is gonna go and the network they're just gonna find somebody else to fill that slot right and, and, and exactly i mean when you're talking about these names you're talking about you know michael jackson you're talking about elvish wendy williams all tied in together same level of talent <laughs> shut up uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding all right let's try make fun all right that let's talk about something else for a second We just spoke about Michael Jackson. We talked about his relationship with a guy named Sir Paul McCartney. And they had a little bit of a weird relationship where they were friends at first. They got to know each other. I mean, two super talents that got together, made some good music. And, you know, they kept, a let's just call it a, a distant friendship or whatever. But then all of a sudden, Sir Paul gets a phone call. And he's he's he's. I like how you call him Sir Paul. Yeah, and he's delivered with the information that... Oh, uh, it's Michael, or it's Michael. Uh, I just bought all your music. Yeah, and so now Paul McCartney, because Michael Jackson is hotter than fish grease, he's got all this money. He's a brand himself, and now he's is in a position financially to be able to buy Paul McCartney's most of his Beatles songs. He he was very very upset about that. Transition a bunch of years later. A young girl by the name of Taylor Swift. At Who's four, that? Uh, Taylor Swift. What You're not a Swifty? What do they call Taylor Swift's girls? Tay-Tays. Tay-Tays? Is that what know. they call them? Tater tots. <laughs> so she, she's 14 years old. She signs a record uh, deal. And she doesn't really even start recording this. So she's buying, basically, she's signing to give up her future publishing for an album she's not going to release until she's 16 years old. So what happens is, is that this is what happens with these artists. They are, a bunch of money is waved in their face. Mm -hmm. And this is more money than they're used to seeing or even being familiar with on any level. So now she's like, oh yeah, that sounds amazing. But what they don't know, what she doesn't know is that this pennies for these record companies. And if she does happen to hit the money that is going to be made is going to be out of control th through the roof. So very, very often they willingly sign over their rights to their publishing, which is what Taylor Swift did. And then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, super manager, a gentleman by the name of Scooter Braun, he's responsible for co-discovering Justin Bieber along with Justin Timberlake. Uh, he was responsible for careers in the beginning like Kanye West, a lot of other people, and he just becomes this multi-millionaire powerhouse. powerhouse brand name of his own. And out of nowhere, he buys the record company that owns all of Taylor Swift's original masters. Mm. 
Do I have that story pretty much right? Yes. Okay. So then what happened next? So then I believe that the contract was up. And after I think a certain year, she was able to. It was this year. It was, it was this month. It was uh, November this- 1st of this this year was when for some reason. And I never got to the bottom of that as to why, you know, if somebody buys the publishing, right? I don't understand why there would be an expiration to that where, because what Taylor Swift is planning to do after Scooter Braun bought all of her albums and all of her songs, they don't belong to her. The question is, Taylor, you know, this happens every day. So I don't know who's to blame. I do feel for Taylor Swift and that, you know what, she doesn't have her masters, but you know, A, you probably did have enough money at some point to buy them. Mm-hmm. And B, you probably, and I, and I'm, Unlike Tanya, I like Taylor Swift. We'll argue about her in a second. But, I don't dislike her. But B, she also, you know, she was an independent. She signed a contract. When you sign, when you when you're not an independent, like Jay Z, right? They had Rockefeller Records. They owned all their stuff right. in the beginning. So if you're not in that position, you have a you have a decision to make. You know, you could stay independent and own your stuff. Or you can sign on and get a bunch of money, but not realizing how much money you can really get because that is your intellectual property. And she's a super talented songwriter, not just an artist, a songwriter, but now she's in a position where something happened in the contract where she's able to re-record all of her songs on November 1st, 2020. I don't know. I And I have to read more into it because... I, I was reading an article about the whole thing between her and her producer and I c- understood the gist of it. It's the Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson thing where, oh, guess all what? I'm going to buy your catalog and I'm going to own the rights to all of your music. I don't think this is uh, as egregious though. It's Paul, not as they egregious. Were peers. Now he's a producer. This is what he does. He goes to make money. He's an artist developer and he wants to own talent. That's what he wants to do. Right. Michael Jackson. What Michael Jackson yeah. did was really shitty where he sold it piece by piece. Yes. Some to Sony, to, yeah. to Universal. And to commercials. And to, right. And yeah. that's why it's we're able to hear like these, you know, little jingles of, right. with Imagine in exactly. them. Exactly. So I think the difference is that Taylor... Um. I think as soon as she became very successful yeah, and probably had a new manager and her manager said, whoa, we need to get the rights to this music because it's still selling. Either that or, you know, if she re-records them and re-releases them, it's going to make more money because she's hitting a whole new audience. Right. It's a whole new audience and it's a whole new sound. And people who are super fans of Taylor Swift are absolutely going to want to hear the difference in the voice and see how these old, cool, bubblegum, poppy songs are going to sound with her more maybe developed kind of vocal talent and range. Especially... um People who grew up with her. People yes. People who, you know, like Definitely, when the she was 17, she was, they were 17. She has a song that really hits my emotional chords. Oh, which one? It's called Tim McGraw. Oh, I don't know it. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful song. Um, uh, it's just, it's very heartfelt. She, the girl can write a song and the girl can create a melody. She's really, really good. She's very talented at it. Uh, yes, some, I think a lot of this is overexposure where people may not like her and she's in your face all the time and all her stuff is so uh, 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 public. You I know? don't dislike her. It's yeah. just not, I'm, I'm never like, oh my God. She's constantly under attack. The John Mayer thing, the Kanye West thing. I know, but I, I mean, but I just feel like we give these 
celebrities so much importance that we make them inhuman kind of you know right and i think that's my problem with it is that i'm just like does she have songs that i like yeah i mean i can't name one but can't name one uh no what's that one that really one that hit really hard oh the one with the video with the smashing hey guy with the hella good hair in i don't know oh that she like is that the same person or is that carrie underwood no 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 that's that's not Carrie and Underwood. And I slash his tires. No, that's Carrie. Yeah, that's Carrie Underwood. Okay. That's not. That's uh. Well, well that's I the thing about Taylor Swift too, and that's why she gets a lot of heat too, because she was a country girl, a flat-out country girl, sang country music, and she's not that anymore. She had this whole big thing where she made her uh, pop transition. Welcome to New York, and I'm going to New York, and it's going to be all about pop, and the old Taylor's dead, which is even so genius because I don't even know if she's thinking on this level yet or whatever, but she should spend eight, nine, ten years as a pop star, make that pop money, and then go back. A return to country will be wow. I'm sure that she is. She probably already thought that through. They're all. They're know. all already like yeah. you know what? Hey, let's lose the curls, cut your hair, yeah. you know, go blonder, you know. So in a move, some people are calling petty, and some people are calling a little weird. Some people are her fans are 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 touting this move. I love. She's she, she's re-recording every. There's a her her catalog is out there, but she's re-recording every song she ever did. Mm-hmm. And she will own those masters. Now, good for her. I, I would say good for her. I still don't know how that's legal because you could say, okay, well, I own this song and you're just recording the same exact virgin, version of it. I, and and he, she wasn't allowed to do it until November 1st. We got to look into that because that's what we do here. We give you half information on this podcast. <laughs> Wait. We do half the research right now and we tell you, you know what? Why don't you go out and let us know? But exactly. I was yeah. just going to say yeah. that. Do we have, yeah, no, we do you have yeah, any Maybe they do, listeners. but this is what I've done. I've been guilty of this since day one of this damn podcast i give these people too much homework and I'm, i shouldn't do it no no so. give them homework everybody loves it <laughs> dude what's the, tell me the tell me the tell me the um tell me the text i sent you i was like can i can you do me a favor oh can you can do me you, one favor? what, what did i ask you to do today because i was reading up on it and i was looking into it and then i got busy at work for a second and the things were happening kind of fast so i just sent it out to you and what did, what did i say hold on wait i'm looking uh you don't have to give it exact, just, you know. I, because I don't remember. I basically gave her the homework Because assignment. you gave me homework. Yeah, and so I, I said, like, can you do me a favor? Could you just look up why you would be able to re-record songs yes. that you potentially, and, I guess, don't own anymore? And I started to, and then I was like, Ugh. Yeah. So we did it. We did it halfway here. We did it. We both did it halfway. <laughs> I kind of pooped out. I and was it, just and it, like... And as they say, and as, as, they, as, as they say on History Hyenas... It's what it is. It's what it is. <laughs> you know it's what, what it my is, cuz. It's what it is, cuz. I asked I asked Bobby. I said, "Do you know why?" And he said, he Give gave Bobby a shout out. God, Bobby is your uh, your 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 husband my, slash fiance. Yeah. What, where are we at? He's my Bobby Hutch. But the, the Bobby Hutch, okay. The Bobby Hutch. So It's a big step. I asked him and he kind of gave me the same answer that so I. So you pawned your homework onto your I poor did. fiance. I did, and you know what he did? What he said? Why do you care? He said it's probably just the same thing that you just said. Yeah. And I think he, if in my mind, if I'm 
remembering it, he swiveled his chair away from me. Yeah. And he faced the television again. And I, it was kind of like, it's probably just exactly what you thought it was. And then just moved away from me. Okay. It'd be like me giving you an answer and saying, hey, Tommy, I think it's exactly what you yeah. just said. And then I just walked that's out the door. That's a perfect one. I, I was, that's a trick I used <laughs> to play on my brother and sister all the time. Can we, can we use that? I would always just, go, you know what? And I some think people, it's what you and said. some people that we used to work with, they used to go, hey, when, I, when you don't want to do so, you should go look up some, look somebody in the eye, deep in the eyes and say, hey, you know what you were always so good at? <laughs> you know how you were always good at that. I have to say, as the, as the younger sibling. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it works. Yes, yeah. it does because yep. I'd be like, "Yeah, I am." I was a stand-up comedian fan since I was like twelve years old, and I have my sister wanting to watch cartoons. It's like ten o'clock. There's this show on Fox about live from the New York comics comic strip, and I'm like, uh, "I'm going to watch the stand-up comedians." She's like, literally ready to throw a temper tantrum. No cartoons is like, she's like seven, and I'm like, "Listen, I want you to do something for me. Here's a pen. Here's a piece of paper." <laughs> I'm going to put on this show. It's very, very important that you keep a score of which of these people are the funniest guy. And at the end of this show, I need to know who's the funniest. And it's all up to you to find out. And yes, I guess she was kind of dumb and young. No, you know she, what? She went with it. Tommy, what your, uh, your behavior is yeah. classic big brother behavior. Yes. Where I am a victim of that. What, 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 from the from the from the asking to do one thing no no um it's just a lifetime tanya said well, we're gonna do this podcast together i'll do a lot there's just one thing i'm not gonna do and that one thing is lift a finger <laughs> i'm not gonna That's do any snort number three <laughs> i'm not gonna do any homework i promise you that i will do more homework but we just need to have a more cohesive I got you. I got you. Well, Tanya, as Howard Stern would say, I think we've said a lot. <laughs> I think we've said a lot. I think we've gotten a lot accomplished. We've we've sat here in this short amount of time and tackled some of life's biggest mysteries. Guys, I could already I hope tell you like this. Yeah, I I mean, we like it, right? I hope you guys like it. And again, I'm going to use the a the a t word, the acronym acquired taste. Listen, I'm hoping that you guys give this a chance, that you enjoy it. We will maybe even, well, dare I say, do some research for the next one, and maybe give you know, maybe we're not going to give full information. We'll go to three quarter information first. Yeah, because yeah. there always needs to be that last bite, right? You know, the one where you're like, hmm. Yes. If I eat that, I'm going to be too full. I'll say you right. Why? How that works? You know, <laughs> the, the, the insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And that was what they would do on the commercial over and over again. <laughs> like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Like a good. And then on some of the campaigns, they would go like a good neighbor, and then the commercial would end, which is absolute freaking <gasps> oh genius because you say it in your mind. Yes. They make you say it. See what they do? See how they control your mind? Ever see the social network? There's a lot going on. Guys, thank you so much for listening. You're the absolute best. Tanya, say goodbye to your new friends. Goodbye to my new friends, and I hope that you uh, come back and that I didn't annoy you too much. You did awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, why don't we give them a boat drink? Give them a boat drinks. Boat drinks? Boat drinks. Boat drinks. You've now come to the end of the Staycation Podcast with Tommy Casabona and Tanya Puig. Thank you for listening. Come back soon. 
or stay soon. Or don't do either of the two. I have no idea how long I'll be able to speak in this voice. I think I just twisted my ankle trying to talk like this. It's late. I wonder if I'll have a sandwich before I go to bed. That is all. Thank you for listening.